It's Craig Hemingway, communications manager for the city of Moose Jaw. Welcome to our latest edition of the Notorious Jawcast video edition. And happy to be joined by city manager for the city of Moose Jaw, Jim Pufal. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Craig. A pleasure as always. Yeah, it is a pleasure. And uh, first, before we get to uh, a pretty major announcement regarding infrastructure work in Moose Jaw that came out of the previous council meeting, did want to uh, first ask about City Hall. We've spoken with Derek Blay, our Director of Parks and Recreation, and we have just recently released you know, a reopen plan for you know, Yara Center and outdoor facilities and those things. Where are we at with City Hall? Well, City Hall is uh, coming along well, we think. Um, and I think that anybody that's been in City Hall knows the main floor is really tight for people. So as we look and try to maintain social distancing, we're finding that it's very limited as to how many people can get into the building. So, you know, certainly when we open, which we think is mid-July, that we'll be asking people, you know, it probably is to your benefit to wear a mask coming to City Hall because we can't maintain the six-foot distance as you try to get in to pay a bill. And so we are planning to open up mid-July. We want to open up on uh, sort of reduced hours just to see how that works for people. And we're talking 11 to 3 that we would be open to start. Um, there'll be controlled zones into the building. As you know, we've been very careful about safe work zones and we want to you know, get people an opportunity to get back into the building. And so it'll be quite a bit different than it was before. So there'll be uh, commissioners at the front door to help people understand how to get into the building and where to go and then certainly to get up to the other floors for meetings they'll be you'll have to get uh, somebody from those floors to come down and and escort you up to your your meeting area so it'll be quite a bit different but we think it'll be fairly effective and will be expedient and get people in and out as quick as we can uh, we're under you know restrictions to ensure that we pro provide the the two meter distance and so we're going to try and do the best we can with that and Again, as we said, we can't quite guarantee that for everybody. If you're just coming in to pay a bill, you might want to wear a mask coming in. I think it would be a good benefit to you and to everybody else around you. Yeah, and there's a certain amount of equipment that needs to be installed as well from uh, the barriers that we're seeing now at, at most retail outlets, certainly at the grocery stores when you're checking out. So uh, there'll be those types of barriers, you know, for our cashiers and those sorts of things. Some of the stickers on the floor that show the, the two meter distancing, all of those things have yet to be installed, correct? That's correct. We're working on uh, sourcing and getting those installed, but that's why it's mid-July by the time that all happens. Um, and certainly, we know that it's important to maintain safety of our customers and maintain safety of our, our staff because, again, we've been very concerned all the way through is if we get an outbreak at City Hall, it affects so many services that we wouldn't be able to provide with, it, with the people um, if they're not available. So it's really important that we maintain safe work zones. We want to protect you know, everybody that works here and everybody that comes to visit us. And we know that we have like a, a ton of opportunities for people to pay bills online, to fill out permits online. We know from planning and development's point of view, they've been able to fairly seamlessly look after building permits and development permits by working online. And so all those capabilities will still be available to everybody. You can pay your bills online, you can communicate with us online, you can fill permits in online, and we'll be able to uh, effectively get them back out to you. So certainly the building will be open, but we encourage people to take advantage of the online services. That allows you to communicate with us at any time and be able to get answers back to you. And so we think it's a really good opportunity for customer service and a way to help people that, you know, sometimes you may not be able to get downtown 
even from nine to five when we're normally open. And this is a way to continue to take advantage of technology and those types of things to allow you to work with us on any means possible. And we're very, as you know, very much into video meetings now and Teams meetings, and it's so expedient. Uh, this afternoon, for example, this is my fourth Teams meeting in, in two hours, and it really is an effective way to communicate and work with people and get answers. So we have a ton of ways to work virtually with us, and also we'll be opening the doors again in, in mid-July. And we're going to keep, uh, as soon as we have finalized plans, we'll put those on our website and inform uh, everybody of, of what will be happening with those changes at City Hall. And, of course, our, our other facilities. And, of course, as you mentioned, lots of technology, our City of Moose Jaw app. We encourage you to download that. It's absolutely free from your favorite app store. We provide updates, and there's all the links there to the website for the COVID updates from the city and, and uh, recreation registrations and all those things are on the app as well. So uh, plenty of uh, available opportunity to stay in touch with the uh, City Hall. And, of course, uh, never hesitate to send us an email or call or or whatever to, to ask any questions. Anyways, I mean, any ways you need to talk to us, there's all sorts of opportunities for you. Feel free. Customer service is very important to us. We want to help you. And if it needs you need to come down face to face, well, come on down face to face. That's what we're here for. I mean, it's not that you can't get into the building. It's just there's going to be some controls on how you move around the building. And we want to ensure, again, your safety, our safety, and in as a result, the safety of the community. Again, without water and garbage collection and police and fire protection, those are some pretty key fundamental services that we provide. And so we can't take any chances with that. Certainly. Uh, infrastructure, another one of those key ones. And let's transition into a fairly major announcement uh, coming from the City Council meeting on June 15th. Uh, City Council approving a change order to our 2020 water main replacement program and authorized uh, another location. Uh, this one on 2nd Avenue Northwest from Fairford Street south to Manitoba Street. And along with that, Jim, not only the new water main, but some other uh, enhancements related to that in those areas that fall in line with our downtown local area plan. So if I could get you to talk about the, I guess, the strategy behind once uh, we kind of uh, realized we might need to add this location, then the thought process going into making these other enhancements to the, to the project. Well, certainly we wanted to ensure that when we are in an area that we get it done completely. And so that's really been a renewed focus of our construction work is that if we are onto High Street, quite honestly, that street's been impacted for quite some number of years. We want to get done with it. And like everybody else, we want to go focus on something else. So we very much want to turnkey our projects and ensure that we get everything absolutely done in that area because we don't want to come back. And I think I said at the council meeting, I wake up sometimes in the middle of the night with a nightmare that We've just paved the street and then all of a sudden we got to go dig it up. It's so uh, frightening for us is that we just can't handle that. And so we need to ensure that we do a full project when we're there. And so last summer or last fall, we started talking about the downtown local uh, improvement plan. Um, and it was important that, again, if we're into an area and there's some areas that have been designated for some work that we do it now, because I don't want to come in two years from now and go, oh, you know, we needed to put a boulevard there or we needed to bulb this or we need some ped crossings or even very simple, the catch basins need repairs. Like, I mean, all that stuff needs to be done so that we come into the area because we very much want to turnkey. We want to have a planned approach to our construction projects. And so when the project came in so far under budget and council suggested that we take a look at adding on, 
And so we were glad to be able to find a way to do another 300 meters of water mains, which is absolutely important. The cast iron program, you know, we're pretty excited. Our water breaks are really down this year. We don't know if we turned the corner. We've talked about that forever, I think, since I've been here, is that at some point in time, we turn the corner and those breaks will start to drop and diminish. And we don't know if we're there yet, but the stats to date this year are phenomenal. So we're pretty excited about that. But so we've done cast iron, which is again, the main focus of that program, but we've been able to look at a bulb here, some ped crossings, uh, fix some catch basins, some sidewalk. You know, really we just want to get in the area, get it done and then go away. And so we're pretty excited. I mean, really, as we know, Mosaic Place is a showpiece, show, showpiece of the community. And on High Street in front of there, we're going to be able to put a boulevard uh, with some trees and they'll grow. And so it's going to be a very attractive pedestrian crossing, pedestrian area. And the other thing is on Fairford in front of the casino and the hotel that we also want to encourage pedestrian walkways there. And so we're doing a little bit of work, not a whole bunch, but a little bit to enhance and basically have from Main Street a pedestrian corridor that goes past the casino and the hotel to uh, Crescent Park. And so again, we are starting to attach the downtown to some pretty major uh, features of our community. So it's pretty exciting because that plan was put together in 2017 and then really nothing happened with it. And so the community uh, and certainly we as uh, as uh, as the people working on, on projects for the city want to ensure if we spend money on a plan, let's implement the plan or else why are we doing that? And so again, it was important in our minds as we worked on this project to say, listen, we have an opportunity to complete the project 100%. We do not have to come back. We don't have to do a ped crossing that we missed. We don't have to put a ramp here. We don't have to fix a catch basin. We got it all done. And so that's what that full $1.4 million change order covered for us. So it did a ton of things. We are absolutely excited. And I mean, I've been watching the progress on High Street, which is going really well. So I mean, you know, we're at today, we're doing the end of June and we are so far advanced of other years. It's amazing. So again, all that work we've done over the past year and a half to get us ready to do our own design, get the projects out, get tenders done early in the year, get construction starting at May long, you know, and six weeks later, we are absolutely killing it and things are getting done. And so I couldn't be more excited about watching this happen because it's always, you know, you, you have a vision of, of what you want things to be and then there it is, it's happening. So it's very exciting. And just uh, finally on that point, uh, a reminder that that funding was available because the approved budget for this year, the tenders came in well under that. So that, that money that was approved was money that was already in the budget. Absolutely. The, uh, we, as we reported to council that full change order, which is a pretty massive change order on the project was 1.4, but we had saved 1.8 uh, on the tenders as they went out originally this year. So again, we're well ahead of the game. We're able to do a ton more work. We're able to get some work done downtown that will enhance the ambiance and the amenities. And so, I mean, it's a project that does everything that we should be doing as a city, replacing uh, undergrounds, replacing cast iron, redoing streets, redoing sidewalks, making sure it's pedestrian friendly, creating corridors and walking paths to the downtown, which is our main major tourist attraction. Like, I mean, it is doing almost everything except cutting bread, sliced bread. Maybe. <laughs> 
Well, thank you, uh, Jim. I appreciate the insight uh, on those projects and and, and City Hall, of course, uh, opening uh, mid-July. We'll have an official date uh, announced very, very soon. Now, as for the downtown local area plan, what is it? You may remember uh, in 2017 when it was approved by City Council, but what all went into that? What is contained in it? Let's now go to some of the people at City Hall uh, who were in charge of helping uh, move us forward with that plan. And happy to be joined by several guests from city administration on this edition, including our director of planning and development, Michelle Sanson, our manager of economic development, Jim Dixon, and development planner for the city of Moose Jaw, Veronica Blair. Thank you all for coming on. Thanks for having us. Pleasure. Yeah, it's great. This is an exciting topic we're discussing today. It is the City of Moose Jaw's downtown local area plan. At least that's kind of the the, the center of what we're going to be talking about. But uh, overall, it's really about downtown initiatives in general and a little bit of a history of, of our city and, and, and our beautiful downtown as it exists today and maybe how we got here and what could happen in the future. So all that is going to be discussed. And I wanted to start the discussion, first of all, Jim, with you. Um, and the recent passing of John Austin of Moose Jaw, who was a Moose Jaw City Councillor back in the 1980s, who uh, was on council with yourself. And before we get into specifics about uh, uh, the second half of this, I guess, first of all, just what do you recall about Mr. Austin and, and his legacy uh, on council? Well, yeah, thanks, Craig. Uh, John was a great guy, very community-minded. Uh, he saw the value in, uh, you know, a, a healthy downtown, a healthy community, and so he really took a, a, a leadership role in, in trying to get a, our downtown revitalization project going on, on River Street. So uh, John was an excellent colleague on council and, and enjoyed working with him very much. Yeah, and that was the time when, uh, was it the, the Main Street program that the, the Government of Canada initiated? That was all coming to fruition, which you were a key part of as well, that has helped lead to what we see in downtown Moose Jaw today. Yeah, absolutely. We were very fortunate. We were the, one of the first three Heritage Canada Main Street projects across Canada, which uh, gave us a lot of opportunity to to really take advantage of our asset in our downtown uh, more than anything, it helped us realize how uh, what a great asset we had, but also uh, that we could do something with it and we didn't have to create anything. It was already there. So uh, it was uh, really a, a, a great program that really uh, brought the awareness of, of our history and our heritage, our built environment, and how important it was and, and to our community as a whole. So. From there on in, I believe that uh, our history, our heritage, our built environment was really uh, became a, a focal point and people realized what a great, valuable asset we had. Michelle, how long have you been at the city of Moose Jaw now? I've been here for just about 15 years now. Yeah, and it's all, has it all been in, in the planning and development department? It is, yeah. I mean, it started out in the engineering department and has uh, evolved into the planning department on its own. So it's been actually a really exciting evolution for planning here at the city. It, it's been really, really exciting. And how much of downtown uh, planning and development has, has, you know, been a part of your job since you got here? And I guess talk about how it's evolved over time. Well, the downtown really started to take shape when we started with the downtown local area plan. The first local area plan we did was the South Hill local area plan. It was done as a pilot. And from there, um, the next one that really did get a lot of traction was the downtown, that we should start focusing on the downtown and doing some work on that. 
So we ended up doing the downtown plan and we had a lot of interest from the, the local business owners and, and, and just the public in general that came out and, and came to our workshops. And we started through that uh, process of doing the, the stakeholder engagement. It was really quite exciting. And there was a lot of, lot of excitement, I think, with our, our, our stakeholders and, and working on the plan and engaging them. And, and Veronica, you uh, came to the city after the plan was already uh, adopted by, by City Council in, in 2017. But uh, describe your role in, in trying to uh, see some of what's in the plan be realized. Yeah, um, so as the development planner, I receive a lot of development inquiries. Um, so a big part of my role is to advocate for the plan when we receive development inquiries in the downtown. Um, so really just to... Uh, facilitate the implementation of some of those excellent design guidelines um, to really talk about protection of heritage value downtown. Because um, whenever you see new development, sometimes it doesn't always fit where it goes. Um, but a lot of the downtown plan really, um, really emphasized how to be compatible with our heritage buildings, like how you can design new ones to, to not so much stand out, but to complement what's already there. Um, yeah, so a lot of it is just to guide development um, when we receive proposals and to just really advocate for that plan. Um, but another big part is also making sure that our policies and bylaws uh, align with the recommendations in that plan. Um, so that's a big role for me as well is to just, whenever we're updating a policy or we're updating a bylaw, just take a look, like what could we possibly include? Because um, that's always, that's a big way to make change. Certainly. Jim, uh, going back to the, the Main Street program, and I guess in your history, Musha, because you've been here uh, forever and you've had a long history of you know, operate, operating a business uh, in downtown Musha, clothing store, of course. And, and, you know, how many, you know, I guess plans have there been over time, you know, for, for our downtown and, and, you know, for River Street? There's been always seems to be ongoing interest in wanting to create uh, even more out of what we already have. Well, yeah, and really just to, on the Main Street program, it really helped to get things going in terms of the potential. It helped realize that. So the paving stones, the lamp standards, the trees, so it really enhanced the downtown look. So, of course, that brought on interest. People started to realize there's a great potential in our downtown. So there was uh, in in the later 80s, uh, I guess about 88, uh, there was a downtown revitalization task force, which John Austin was the chair of, and it uh, we had a proposal that uh, was a, basically focused on River Street and a re River Street redevelopment project, and. Uh, you know, at that time, we didn't have an anchor like we do today in terms of Mosaic Place, but the potential was there and, and recognizing that uh, River Street has a very colorful past and, and that, uh, you know, it, it, it could become, um, you know, a, a real focal point for the city with a common pedestrian uh, space to, to walk and, and that. So, you know, that was uh, that happened in the later 80s. Then there, there was a, a, pro, a proposal in, in the 90s. Uh, that also looked good. Again, 
uh, with a focus on River Street, and uh, the, for for whatever reason, it didn't it didn't kind of get going. And then finally, just uh, about in 2011, I think in in that time frame, a little Chicago development proposal came forward, and uh, I, I think uh, it had a lot of potential. I, I was uh, not in in my role now, but I, I think again, it really focused on that River Street potential. So. So where I, I see the difference now in terms of uh, what uh, you know why it was difficult maybe to get things going back then is that the, we we really have the anchor of, of Main Street and and the anchor of Mosaic Place as an entertainment venue and and so there's a lot of interest out there right now in in doing something by the property owners as well as the the city and others. So yeah, and Michelle clearly you know uh, that feeling you know jim just described of you know wanting to continue this process of trying to create even more development downtown um approved by council then to move forward with with the local area plan which you did reference earlier in terms of getting the community engagement and consultation uh, what were some of the things that stood out for you uh that uh, we were hearing from the community during that process well during the process there was there was a lot of um interest in the park of course right as our central feature of the downtown it's really unusual to have such a large urban park in in a city and i think we're so lucky to have that so a lot of the development focused around that as well as the preservation of the heritage buildings in our downtown it's so rare to have the inventory that we do on main street it's it's phenomenal and uh, it was around preserving that heritage and and also um developing in the future um to be sympathetic to that heritage if you're looking at doing new uh, development in the downtown. So a lot of that focus from the community focused on the heritage and the preservation of our downtown. Um, lots of uh, interest in even widening sidewalks and public spaces and having, you know, some place to go and visit with, you know, your neighbors downtown and that type of thing. So there was, there was a lot of um, engagement just in the community and getting together in the downtown as well. So. I, I, it was a really exciting time and I think it was captured through that plan and the plan actually provided design guidelines for future development, which again, as Veronica had mentioned, we use to help guide um, developers when they're looking at new development in our downtown. And so the, the, the actual design guidelines say how high a building can be or how close it can be to the sidewalk and and helps to maintain some of the, the colors and the the materials that are in our downtown right now that we want to maintain. So the, I think the plan has been a really exciting project and I, th I think it's it can be really um, beneficial to somebody that's looking at doing a new development in our downtown and help guide them so that it doesn't look out of place when they do something and it can fit in with our with our downtown. Well, the, the local area plan is a very extensive document and we do have it on our website for you to read. So we encourage you to go take a look and make sure you've got several minutes to, to leave through it because there's a lot of information there. Uh, we're trying to pick out some of the highlights for you here today, not just detail, but also some of the visuals. And Veronica, what is the photo from the plan that you have behind you right now? Oh, uh, so this is the illustration of Crescent Park from the plan. Um, there's quite a few of them, which include some of the recommendations that were contained in the plan for Crescent Park. Um, actually, the illustrations alone are worth checking the plan out for, uh, even if you don't want to read all of the content. Um, just flipping through it, you can see that they've done a fantastic job 
um, putting together these illustrations and just imagining our downtown like 50 years from now. <laughs> so, so, so what are what are some of those changes then? You know, not everyone, but what are some of the few key ones that stand out? Let's start with Crescent Park. What they have suggested. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not sure if you can tell in the illustration behind me. Um, but they they did suggest perhaps maybe a, a winter rink um, in the park, uh, something similar to I don't know if you've seen downtown Saskatoon. Uh, they have kind of on the riverbank that uh, that ice rink, and it gets a lot of use in the winter. So I think that's a fantastic suggestion. Um, something else is around the borders of the park. They've recommended a uh, a bike path and a pedestrian path. Um, they call it kind of a multi-use corridor around that um, just as an extra way to promote active transportation in the park. Lots of suggestions. Um, I could go on and on forever. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, as we said, there's, yeah, yeah, for sure. As we said, there's lots to read. And I guess taking it from Crescent Park uh, uh, through downtown, again, what are some of the, the uh, a few specific things that, that stand out in terms of, you know, that would fundamentally change or at least really, you know, accentuate what we've got going on already? There's quite a few, as Michelle mentioned, recommendations for enhancements to public space. Um, everything from streetscape improvements to actual like pocket parks and things like that. Um, so you could really go in all sorts of directions um, and it'll it'll depend on, you know, what the community wants to see in their downtown. Um, there's definitely flexibility in the plan for, you know, picking and choosing which items get implemented. Um, but it's really well done in providing those suggestions and inventorying what we already have that's so great. Um, so it's it's a community document, so we'd love to hear what direction people want to go in, but uh, yeah, lots to look at. <laughs> yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It is a community document and, and uh, you know, community, community engagement was part of getting it created and, and it's going to be a huge part of seeing, uh, you know, any parts of it to fruition. And Jim, it, it, uh, the downtown uh, association that, that was recently reformed. Um, they, of course, uh, a stakeholder in all this. So can you talk about, uh, you know, the discussions we've had with them, you know, initially, because again, it's early stages uh, with, with their group being reformed, but, but uh, their role in all of this. Yeah, well, the downtown association, as you say, have, have regrouped and they're very enthusiastic and then really want to get uh, going. And, uh, you know, the, the whole uh, LAP plan is, is such a, a great vision and blueprint of, of uh, what we can do downtown. So for them, uh, and they're playing a, a very active role in the matrix on implementation of many of these things, the, the downtown association or group, uh, whoever that might be, unfortunately they're reorganized, will be the ones that play a, an important role in, in implementation and uh, input uh, to, uh, you know, to the city and, and administration in order to be able to do those things. So I can say that they're very enthusiastic about it and they're really critical stakeholder in all of this and if you go back to the 80s and the main street program it was the the downtown association then which is uh, a business improvement district played a very valuable role in in this so moving forward they they are a key stakeholder and, and very critical to the implementation of of our was such a great plan well, these projects they do need uh, champions. They need uh, they need engagement from the community, and and of course, you know, uh, they need funding. And and that did come up recently at City Council. Michelle, can you recap for us uh, the the motion that, that council passed just a couple weeks ago at uh, the last meeting at the at the end of May? 
um, sure. in regards to uh, moving forward, what the next step is in this local area plan. Sure. So at council, council approved a motion to uh, look at the interest from the parking reserve. So we do have an account with interest from parking reserve and they've looked at maybe dedicating some of that to the downtown local area plan and some of the initiatives within that, looking at a strategic plan of how we would do that. So we would form uh, an internal group, probably most likely um, with engineering parks, um, ECDAV planning and, and come up with some of the ideas that we can implement. And some of those can definitely be implemented even um, ongoing with engineering when they're doing their cast iron replacement projects. So we want to look at some of the, the streets as we're going through um, with the cast iron. Can we do anything at that time to um, include some of the initiatives from our plan while they're doing their projects? So we've got a few, few items there and we'll look at that and bring it forward at capital budget. But definitely we're going to spend some time and see what we can do in the next little while for capital budget for 2021. What have we missed? Anything else anybody would like to add in regards to the local area plan before we go? This plan is really a community document and it's implementing it is going to be a partnership amongst, you know, developers, the business group. It's going to take everybody working together to implement some of these things. So just one last call to the to the community to really help us um, pave the way for some of these great initiatives. And I also wanted to mention too that it's it's it spans decades. This isn't a, a plan that's going to happen overnight or in the next few years. This is a, a document that will span decades in order to implement. So it's it's not a you know tomorrow we're going to see a brand new downtown, but it's going to take lots of input from the community, lots of uh, work from admin, and and working through a lot of these projects and how we implement them. But it will definitely take time and some budget to do that for sure. That's a great point. You know, you think of our downtown and how, how beautiful it is right now and, and getting recognized, you know, Expedia is, you know, number three on their list of the top 10 downtowns in Canada just a, a handful of years ago. Well, that's a result of something that happened 30 years previous to that, right? So that to your Absolutely point, of this, is a, a, this will be a decades long thing. It, it is a long term plan and we're, we're starting from a really good place uh, and we'll see where we are in another three decades and hopefully we're all around to, to witness that. Thanks, Greg. I just wanted to add one more thing. Can we do that? Uh, yes. Just in terms of the engagement, the community engagement, um, and uh, of course the stakeholders, uh, the engagement with the downtown association. But how can people, you know, if they have ideas, further ideas, and and want input, how would they go about doing that? Well, if you want to uh, provide any input, we would definitely be open to anything. So please just uh, send us an email, planning at moosejaw.ca and include any kind of uh, ideas that you have or uh, thoughts on how we can implement something that is in the plan and move forward. But we'll definitely take any any input from you. So planning at moosejaw.ca. All right. Thanks so much uh, to Michelle and Jim and Veronica. And again, you can view the, the plan right now on moosejaw.ca right on our website.